And we are back on another episode of The World According to Us. This is your man, your host, Steve Jobber. Uh, today's episode is a special one. I'm going to be joined by my mom, who's going to share some insight on uh, topics that we were discussing with regards to politics and what we as the Black community need to do. So without further ado, uh, Mom, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. All right. So, you know, we were piggybacking off of our discussion yesterday. Um, I would like you to share with the listeners uh, the viewpoints that you were sharing with me this morning with regards to the things that we need to do. Um, the floor is yours. Okay, Stephen, thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, we discussed yesterday your feeling about reparation for Black people and that neither political party has done anything for Black people. And I guess I must have been thinking about it quite a bit because this morning when I woke up, uh, the answer that came to me was that we as Black people have to stop waiting for the political parties to help us to recognize all of the damage and hurt and injury that they have done to Black people. We have to just stop that because in my opinion, they're not going to do it. If they haven't done it for so many years, they are unwilling to recognize it because the current generation says, why should we have to pay for this? We were not here when all that slavery was taking place. And I realize that it's up to us black people as individuals to take matters into our own hands and carve out our own fate. I am an immigrant. I'm 76 years of age right now. And when I first came to America, I was two weeks short of being 21. I came here with $450. And I had to start from scratch because at that time I was a a student. I came on a student visa. And I was fortunate enough to stay with an aunt who got some information about me uh, taking a course at New York City Community College and about uh, becoming a permanent resident. It took about two years and I have to say that I was extremely fortunate. I did not have to go through as much of the hardships as other immigrants. But what I realized was that the attitude between Black people who were born in America and Black people who came from the Caribbean was quite different. We were taught as children to value an education, go to school, get good grades, and to be ambitious. 
and I brought that with me when I came over here. And I will tell you that it was not a walk in the park. It was not a bowl of cherries. It was quite challenging, actually, because here I'm, I'm coming as a young woman, not knowing the country, not knowing the, the customs and things like that, and having to learn everything from scratch. And I had taken a course in electronics with this uh, outfit that was called ECPI, Electronic Computer Programming. What I didn't realize is that <laughs> they were teaching the students an obsolete science, that that programming was going out and new techniques were coming in. But you just come to the country, you don't know anything. You, you need to get a, a toehold, a start, and that's what you did. And so after the course was finished, I said, well, as you promised, are you going to help me to get a job? He said, no, go back to your country. <laughs> and I said to him, so now that you have my money, you're telling me to go back to my country. But I had some good advice. And, and besides that, I believe in God and I prayed a lot to God and he orchestrated my way and showed me what to do. So I signed up to go to um, New York Community College and I was going to do accounting because my background was in accounting in, in Guyana. And I started doing that and at the same time working on becoming a permanent resident. And like I said, if we are going to get anywhere, we will not be able to do it on our own. We have to ask God to give us the wherewithal, the skills, the knowledge, the experience, the contacts to put us on our right path. Mm -hmm. But what got to me is that I was working at a company and they had black Americans who were born here. And I was trying to get some information. I heard about um, the Nehemiah housing project at that time. I was trying to find out how, do, how does one get into this program. And she turned to me and she said very plainly, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you anything. Who was this no? person? I'm sorry? Who was this person that you think said that? She was, she was uh, somebody that I was working with. I, I okay. think we were working with a temporary agency. Okay. At the same time. But I thought that, you know, I heard about this program and I was looking for housing. I would ask her and she said, no, I'm not going to tell you anything. I'm not going to share any information with you. And that's where I saw for the first time the underlying feelings that American born black people have towards foreign born black people. And 
I have to tell you that that attitude is still here and now. Here I'm 76 years of age and you still have that attitude. In fact, it has gotten worse because what they've done is pit uh, different types of black people against each other, the haves and the have-nots, those who deserve to have and those who, who should not have anything. And what I'm seeing is that, what I, the simple message that I want to send out is that we should not wait for the government or the politicians to help us economically or any other way. If we're going to make it, we as individuals have got to make up our minds that we're going to make it in spite of the drawbacks, in right. spite of the prejudices, in spite of uh, the economic situation. Because I'm telling you, nobody is going to help you to do anything. You as an individual have to make up in your mind what you want to accomplish out of life and whatever help is available use that route to build a foundation and then go from there mm-hmm. the best revenge is to become successful in spite of all the drawbacks in spite of all the obstacles that are put in your way don't wait for the government to help you and right. don't be don't be disappointed when they don't want to help you because they don't want to help you. You have to help yourself. You have to feel that urgency from within you that you have to do something for yourself. Nobody's going to help you. I learned that lesson as a little girl, young girl. I realized that there's nobody coming from anywhere to help you. You better make up in your mind that you are going to have to help yourself. And so we black people have to develop that attitude even now. And I'm going to switch over now to Africa. I say back in the day, they would say Africans are ignorant, they're warlike, they don't get along, and it's easy to just come in and take what they have by force because they don't even know what they have. Nowadays, it's a totally different story. At least it should be. With the computers and knowledge all around, we should know what we have and don't give it away. Learn to use it. Don't, don't wait for other people to come in and help you because they will exploit you and they will take away whatever you have, especially if you don't know the value and appreciate what you have. They will take it away. So the other thing for black people is that we have to learn and we have to share what we have learned with each other. If it's only only for me, I don't care about you. Mm-hmm. I only think Go ahead, Mom. If that's the attitude, then we're going to wind up a hundred years from now still being in the same position complaining that we haven't gotten reparation complaining that white people came in and took all of our resources we have to stop that we are responsible to be the best that we can be as a matter of fact we need to excel 
so that nobody will be able to say, oh, these lazy people, they, 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 all they're looking for is a handout. And they don't, they don't want to do anything. And they, they just want somebody to give them everything. No, we have to stop that. And we need to teach the younger generation this. And that's my, my feeling about the subject. I hear you. And it makes perfect sense. I've seen that for myself that, yeah, you're going to run into a lot of those situations. And that seems to be the perpetual state that we've been in collectively, that we're waiting for whoever politician, whatever political party promises to do this or to do that, and nothing has changed. And so the the frustration and at a certain point, it's like that's the life lesson that you have to come away with at a certain point that nobody's going to give you anything. You have to go for it and do it for yourself. But like you're saying, the bigger picture also is to share the knowledge and the experience and not be uh, begrudging or, or withhold information that you know can help your brother or your sister to advance. Because mm-hmm. one of us makes it, we can all make it if we build each other. And I see that no other groups of people are in the state that we're in because they unify. They build with group economics. They, they whenever they, let's say, in our own communities, if they have like a Chinese restaurant, I've seen people who will rotate in and out of there, not the same families within a few months. They get in that same footprint, they sell the food, they work these long hours, they pull their money out, and then another family comes right in that same footprint and does the same thing. And then they move on or move into their other their own communities and build and, and get their people, you know, uh, vertically integrated. And they're moving up and we're wondering, why are we still stuck in the same position? And it's like, yeah, you can't keep complaining about the same things if you're not willing to do something. And you can't keep looking back. You know, look what such and such did to me and this did that to me. And, you know, at some point you have to say, okay, that was then. This is now. What am I going to do personally to change this situation? We all heard about that wonderful message from Martin Luther King III. And he says, I have a dream, right? Now, it's been, I think, 60 years since he has passed on. What has happened to that dream? We are still the same place where we used to be. Right. As far as I can see. So, it's, it's, I guess it's time for us to stop holding on to that and, and, and dreaming and hoping that somebody is going to give us what we need to get up it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen unless we make it happen right and it starts with the individual you have to be we can't be lazy either Mm -hmm. you have to be willing to work and you have to realize that things take time to to happen there's no get rich quick scheme that's gonna instantly elevate you to stardom you're making become a multi-millionaire overnight it's not gonna happen i'm sorry yeah i agree and playing the numbers and the lottery and the sweepstake ain't gonna help you either that's true very true i just want to add that um I'm going to add in this small excerpt of my mom's uh, insight that she was sharing with us, which kind of got interrupted in the middle of the recording. So you're going to hear her come in and she's going to be describing 
a situation that she had with one of her first jobs where it was her work ethic and her ambition and willingness to do what others weren't that helped her to get to where she is and where she was going at that time because of her willingness to take on extra work and do something that others were not willing to do. So without further ado, I'm going to let that play. He said, is anyone willing to stay and help me to finish this project? And everybody else said no, and they left. But I said, I will stay. And I helped him to get it done. And from that time on, that man, and he was a white man, that man would make any opportunity to get me extra work. Even if he had to create work, he did that. And it all stemmed from me having a willing attitude to stay behind and go the extra mile, do a little extra. So that is an attitude that we also have to develop. Instead of looking all the time, what can I get? What can I get? How can I get money fast? How can I exploit this one and cheat that one? No. If you do a good job and you give people good value for their money, you will be rewarded for it. And it's not it's not going to be easy. It's, it's going to be hard. Sometimes it's grueling to do what you have to do. But in time, you will be rewarded for your efforts. And the main thing I want to say is do not leave God out of the picture. The God who created us, black people, we should not leave him out of the picture. We should ask him what's, what pathway we should take, what steps we should take, and let him orchestrate it. But we also have to be willing, like you always say, Stephen, faith without works is dead. Okay? All right, I'm done. <laughs> for now. Mom, thank you very much for sharing that. Um, that's going to be added to um, the follow-up episode. Mom, I want to thank you very much for your insight and for sharing with us your background and your experience up from coming into this country uh, as a new immigrant till now. And I know a lot of people don't know the the uh, future from when you started in this country to now, how great of a story you have to tell. I'm sure in your time, whenever you feel up to it, you will share um, even more experiences and insight and and be able to tell people where you came from, where you started, and how you've uh, ended up to this day and where you are today. So I, I thank you for sharing all of your words of wisdom and your sentiments. Um, everybody who is listening, uh, thank you for listening. If you like this episode, if you like this podcast, I encourage you to like, share, subscribe, leave your feedback. And until the next time, this has been uh, your man, your host, Steve Jabba, with his mom, Paula Jabba, uh, for the world according to us. Stay blessed, stay safe, stay prayed up, and take care.